You're listening to Practical Wellness with best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and mind-body wellness expert, Jaya Jaya Myra. Learn how to create good mental, emotional, and physical health simply and naturally with practical lifestyle tips for holistic well-being. Jaya Jaya Myra has inspired audiences worldwide and is here to empower you to live a healthy, purpose-filled life. And now, your host, Jaya Jaya Myra. Hey everyone, Jaya Jaya Myra here. Welcome to another episode of the Practical Wellness Podcast. Today, I have Dr. Ginny Whitelaw here. She is a Zen master and she is the CEO of the Institute for Zen Leadership. It's great to have you here, Ginny. Great to be here, Myra. So, for my listeners, what exactly does Zen mean to you? You know, it's when we describe it, the mind we even understand that definition with tries to make it into a thing. And really, it's almost more of a process. So it's sometimes likened to a great Zen master said, a ball on fast-moving waters. And if you, if you feel into that for a moment, Myra, or those of you listening, to be as a ball on fast-moving waters is to accord what is and to somehow work with it and give it our best and that's really the spirit of zen that's the spirit of resonate which is the the book that i wrote on how zen can be a way to making a difference absolutely Uh, and i think that making a difference is one of the most important reasons why we are here like why we all have a unique purpose so that we can make a bigger difference in the world so i'm so happy to hear you say that And what that difference is comes exactly through the specific or differentiated character that we are, that no two of us are exactly alike. And yet here we are in this vast sea of energy and what it is that we resonate with and how that comes through us becomes the purpose or the significance that we can be in the world. So your background is really fascinating. You're a a biophysicist by training. and you also worked with NASA for many years. I, I think that this is amazing. You know, my background is as a research scientist as well. And now you're, you're running this institute focused on Zen leadership. I run a nonprofit called Gita for the Masses, which is focused on conscious character development. So I always find it interesting to talk with other scientists who understand the importance of mind-body connection and how like this is at the heart of everything. So what was it that was so inspiring to you to make the shift. As you say, Myra, the mind-body connection is at the heart of everything. And as a scientist, um, when I was a leader at NASA and I started taking leadership courses, I saw that they left the body out of it. It was all like personality started from the neck up or something, even when you took a personality test or something. And I knew from my Zen training, which is deeply physical training, I mean, Zen is using the body to set the mind free. So it's physical training. I knew the body had to be involved, but it wasn't being taught in leadership, at least not back in the 90s, not widely, not to where I saw it. So it became a calling for me to put these together, perhaps like you, to put together the science I knew with the leadership demands that I had experienced and the Zen training, the deep training I knew from the dojo, when mind, body, and energy come together, that's where we become truly whole leaders. And that's what I wanted to give to leaders and train them in. Uh, and I've been doing that for more than 25 years. And that is so important because leaders have to have the ability to be responsive and not reactive. 
And you can't do that if you don't work with the mind and body. That's right. And if you can't work with the energy to be re to be not reactive, but co-creative, it's like catching away. You have to be able to work with what is, which means you have to be able to sense what is. And that ability to sense and work with the energies around us is it's Zen leadership. And it's the principle of, of what I talk about in Resonate. So what would you say that Zen has really taught you about the importance of purpose? It comes through us, not from us. In other words, we have to, in a sense, get out of our own way, our stuck points, our triggers, our the habits that pull us back into, I'm not good enough this, or I'm afraid of that, or I don't take a risk here, or I'm not smart enough, or whatever the not enoughnesses are that haunt us from our early beginnings. How do we clear all of that so that something can play through, something can come through? And what I have found through Zen training, which again is a deeply physical form of training, is that it changes the resonance of the physical body. In other words, what we're able to sense, what energies mm -hmm. we resonate with or vibrate yeah. with, and what we do with them. And so being able to drop into my hara, which is a you know, power center in the martial arts, the lower abdomen, the hara, it's almost like purpose emerged bottom up. I, it's hard to describe, but trying to think about purpose, thought first, is not the way it came to me. It came to me by immersing myself body first, and then what was mine to do became clear. Absolutely, absolutely. So what would you say is one of the most difficult things for people to overcome when they first start undergoing a Zen training? You know, Zen isn't for everyone. Uh, I would say the barrier that a lot of people run into is that it's, it's strong medicine. You know, it's really yeah. the ego <laughs> itself, you know. And at first, it's going to make the ego more capable. It makes us calmer, better focused. It does things the ego appreciates. But it's not long before the ego gets a whiff of the fact that it's not really the center of the show. And that assault on the ego is what is a barrier a lot of people run into in Zen, where they kind of feel it makes them uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. that discomfort can be hugely informative if you're working with it deeply and with a sense that I'm going to see through this. But it's also a point where some people just give up and say, you know, life is good enough. You know, I don't need this. So I think that kind of barrier is something a lot of people confront when they enter Zen. Why do you think that so many people see a conflict with life and spirituality? This is something that I've always found fascinating because I don't see that there's any barriers. I mean, you couldn't be spiritual unless you had a life and you had a Dharma and a purpose for being here. So why is there such conflict between the ego or I, I would call it egoism and and spirituality i mean to me it just seems so strange it is strange and yet i think we've come from a cultural heritage myra where we've separated the spiritual from the secular for a long time and it was it started out as sort of an agreement an agreement back in the days of galileo and where he was being excommunicated from the catholic church and there was kind of an agreement made like you scientists you go over here and you study the objective world and you religious or spiritual people, you, you go and have experiences, subjective experiences and never the twain shall meet. But of course the twain are always meeting. They meet yeah. in us every day, moment mm -hmm. by moment. 
we are having a spiritual experience and we are having a secular experience. We are subjective and we are objective. We are energy and we are matter. We are both. And it's, it's now time for science and spirituality, work and spirituality to be able to come together in a mutually supportive way because the human being is not satisfied with one or the other. We need both. And we especially need the spiritual dimension in this time in our life because while we might be able to put food on the table by just living a purely materialistic life, we will never be truly satisfied, happy, or find our purpose. Oh, very, very, very true. It, it's time that people understand mind, body, and soul are just three parts of the same whole. They need to all work together for us to feel happy and fulfilled and to stay healthy. And I don't really think we're going to make it through the next couple of years unless people start to come more on board with that. Like all the challenges that we're having right now, I think are just a great opportunity for us all to step more into our purpose and our mind, body, spirit connectivity. I think that's exactly right. In a way, the suffering and divisiveness of our time makes it an imperative that we can embrace a larger whole and live and lead from that place. Absolutely. So can you tell my audience where they can learn more about you and your work online? Well, thank you. At zenleader.global, they'll learn about our programs at the Institute for Zen Leadership, zenleader.global. And if they were interested in Resonate the book, they can just look up resonatethebook.com and they'll learn about how to get the book, but also a set of companion videos that they can use that take them through the practices of the book. Because ultimately, resonance is a physical experience. And yes, this absolutely. shows people how to become a more resonant being that you can manifest your purpose. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I love talking with other spiritual thought leaders. Like we're all, we're all saying the same thing, but the more people that are saying the same thing, the more of a chance that people are actually going to hear this message in a time that it's needed. So I thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you. Thank you for your work. You've been listening to the Practical Wellness Podcast. Make sure to download, share with your friends and family, and have a great day.